Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing uh, an amazing, amazing guy uh, who's into watches, obviously, and uh, who brings such a pos positivity into the world of watches. And uh, I mean, you most likely know him. Um, his name is TC, and we're going to post, of course, his Instagram. Uh, so you can definitely follow, if you're not already, because I think most everyone is already following him. So, uh, but yes, uh, his Instagram is at Mr. Thomas Carlos. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely... Uh, We'll definitely post the link uh, for you guys to, to follow him. Hi, and welcome, uh, TC. Thank yeah, you, guys. Welcome, uh, good evening. Uh, early good evening on my end. Uh, more so uh, late good evening, right? On your end? Yeah. On the East Coast? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So uh, where are you all right now? Uh, I you've am... been traveling quite a bit, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I try, uh, especially uh, nowadays. But uh, I'm coming uh, to you guys from uh, San Diego. California, sunny San Diego. So uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's a treat for us. And I know that you were actually in our neck of the woods, I think a couple of weeks ago, right? You guys, you were in Florida, actually. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a little retreat uh, to go see some family. Um, but, you know, I got to get some, uh, some pool time, some uh, golf time, uh, you know, uh, and it was just much needed. So yeah. Yeah. And happy it's, birthday again. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. It's yes. funny. Um, it's, it, it's, it's quite a blessing to, uh, to live in an area where there's palm trees and then to go on vacation and then to see more palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. So <laughs> yeah. Talking about spoiled, you just got a, uh, a new acquisition too. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, that's like, I guess, a perfect segue into, uh, mm -hmm. into, uh, the wrist check, but I don't, I don't want to take a, anything away from you. E, so well, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me do my thing. But, uh, <laughs> so before we really get things started and talking about this new acquisition, what do you have on your wrist TC? Since you are a guest, what, what do you have on that wrist? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you guys are catching me, uh, before, uh, dinner and uh, I'm set to, to go out, uh, tonight, but, um, so I got my, uh, Rolex, uh, Explorer, uh, 14270, uh, as Leslie, uh, had mentioned, it's, uh, a new acquisition. Um, and I'm just, I'm just swooning over this thing. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's Appreciate a great piece. That is a great piece. Very, um, it's very flexible in how you can wear it. And so, We'll talk a little bit more about you. I know, I know, uh, you, there are a lot of fans that know about you, but you know, we'll talk a little bit about what kind of watches you gravitate towards. No, it, it, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, the name of it, Explorer, it just fits you like it's the right size because we were just talking about size as well. There you go. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You, you mentioned flexibility. That's 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 a great word to uh, yeah. to describe the watch. Totally, totally. Yeah, I didn't use the other word. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> so Leslie, what do you have on your wrist? Uh, today I'm, I have my Grand Seiko 
uh, SBG413. I know we were talking about references and things like that, but they're, you know, they're, they're short and sweet, so those are easy to remember. This is part of the Four Season uh, North America exclusive, and it is the uh, Cherry Blossom uh, edition. Yeah, so, so for those that don't know, what season is it? It's spring. Yeah, because of the cherry blossoms. That's such mm-hmm. a beautiful... Man, Grand Seiko, the way they do their dials, it's absolutely mm. hypnotic, mesmerizing, amazing. I mean, like, throw any positive adjective mm-hmm. in there, and they just okay. do a, a wonderful job. Yeah, definitely. So very what cool. about you? So because we have our special guest, mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing my Doxa, my Sub 300. It's the 50th anniversary uh, of the reissue of the sub 300 and it's a it's an orange professional and uh, i know that tc has a as a doxa as well he's a he's an avid dive watch fan and so uh, you know to pay my respects to the big guy <laughs> i put my uh, doxa on so yeah absolutely thank you yeah that's a that's a lovely watch man thank you appreciate it so we got a lot of things to cover why don't we mm-hmm. go ahead and get started you know mm-hmm. maybe let's start with um you know, how did you get started in watches? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a, uh, I guess it's a long story, but uh, we'll see uh, if we can kind of uh, navigate through uh, mm-hmm. this this long journey. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, just as a kid, uh, I always uh, just seemed to want to have something on my wrist. Uh, I guess even before watches, it, it could just be like as something simple as like a rubber band or something, you know, I, I think that feeling of having something on, uh, on my wrist, at least is, um, was something I kind of just liked. I like that feeling. Uh, but, um, yeah, but, uh, as far as watches goes, uh, you know, I, I, I can, as, as much as I can remember, I do remember having, um, a couple of, uh, digital watches. Uh, those were more so my speed, um, when I was a kid, something that had like a light up display. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember having a, uh, uh, a G-Shock. It was like a baby G-Shock. One of those, one of those like clear case, like frosty nice. clear case, baby G-Shocks with like the cool. indigo blue, uh, light up display. Um, yeah, those were just so rad. And, yeah. um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I, again, it was just something where, I just always liked having something on my wrist and, uh, um, you know, and, you know, as time, I just, I guess went on, uh, I, you know, gravitated more so towards, um, Timex, which I think is just, again, something, uh, that's a lot of, uh, watch enthusiasts can kind of mm-hmm. trace back to, uh, as far yeah. as watches that they were, um, that they uh, gravitated towards and mm-hmm. but more so for me I, I guess this was like around high school time where uh, j crew and timex they just came out with like a lot of um collaborations mm-hmm. uh and yeah and i just kind of even like i still have them um and it's funny the other day i had picked up one of the uh one of those timexes and it was a dive watch um uh, a collaboration and, uh, with J crew and the bezel doesn't spin. It was like a fixed bezel. And I was just like, what? I was like, what? (laughs) That's unique, right? For a dive watch. Yeah. But I was like, what blasphemy is this? You know? Uh, but yeah. And, um, so yeah. And I, I guess into the more of the, I guess, uh, more of the 
more, I guess, more of the enthusiast space. Um, well, I guess Timex can count as enthusiast. I mean, any watch can count as enthusiast, but mm-hmm. enthusiast space. But you know, I, I it can tr- I can trace it back to uh, uh, my two uh, vintage Seamasters. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, the first Seamaster was uh, a watch I had just uh, come across, uh, or I had came across in Paris. I was there for a, um, a family vacation. Uh, we were um, traveling through Par- uh, Paris and uh, Amsterdam, and it was just such a memorable trip. And I didn't go into the trip thinking I was going to purchase a watch, um, but uh, just a street, a hole-in-the-wall vintage uh, shop, and uh, it was just it was just this watch that kind of just... Um, it was speaking to me if, uh, yeah, cool. from, uh, from the, uh, glass casing. So yeah, I just went in, I got it. Um, you know, and I, even just from that purchase, I kind of just learned a lot about just, um, uh, the history, like how much history goes into a watch mm-hmm. and, uh, um, also just pur- purchasing vintage watches in general. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, and then the other Seamaster was uh, was a 1970s Seamaster that I bought uh, for my 31st birthday, and that was to kind of to commemorate not only my birthday but to um, to commemorate the trip to uh, and moving to San Diego. And uh, you know, I wore that watch every single day on our road trip to San Diego. Uh, it was eight day road trip, and uh, yeah, it, it was those two watches that kind of just kind of started everything um mm-hmm. as far as uh diving into uh the whole like watch watch fam or watch mm-hmm. uh community pun intended right yeah um <laughs> as far as you know for those that are new into the watch collecting or that are new watch enthusiasts out there you know we think about omega seamaster and we think of what the modern day iteration of that seamaster looks like and the vintage reference that you are talking about from the 70s and even earlier those watches are quite different some were like you know gold plated some were gold filled some were just steel but they looked more like a dress watch or what we call a dress watch today it wasn't necessarily like with the bezel and it wasn't like you know 200 meter water resist or anything like that but it was still a watch at the time that was an active watch right you could be quite active and and still you know, use that watch for swimming and all that stuff. So pretty interesting how it's evolved over time. No, that's actually a good point. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these watches were just worn. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've seen pictures of like, like guys in like a tucked in white t-shirt, just mowing the lawn, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like for what, whatever, um, brand it was back then in the fifties, sixties. Uh, and these guys wore, wore these watches for, um, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a shame that, uh, more people don't, uh, don't wear these watches kind of like that. And we kind of just, I mean, I'm, I, I'm at fault here cause I baby my Seamasters. So my vintage Seamasters. So hey, that's okay. <laughs> I'm at fault there. <laughs> that's okay. But you know, what's interesting is, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, um, crazy rich Asians. And mm-hmm. in that movie, the main character of that movie was wearing, I don't know if it was gold-plated, gold-filled, or solid gold. It, it was one of those vintage Seamasters, though. And really? It was kind of neat. Yeah, it was kind of neat to see that referenced in that movie. Very cool. So, yeah, yeah. That is cool, yeah. 
It's funny how we go back and we judge vintage watches based on... I mean, most most of us, uh, at least we have that reflex of um, looking at vintage watches based on the aesthetic of watches today. So back then, I'm sure they were considered, um, you know, sportier looking watches. Mm-hmm. But right now, when we, when we know when um, we have that idea of what a sporty watch looks like, bigger, steel, you know, thicker, we go back and we're like, no, they look dressier. They were smaller, they were thinner, they were, had a little bit of gold. And, um, but it's funny that over the years that, uh, yeah, how we look at watches changes just so much, actually. Which is weird because do you think it's fair that Tudor gets a lot of flack for making that silver BB-58? I mean... Um... You know, like if if we were if people back then in the in the early 70s, late 60s were beating up these watches that were at times mm-hmm. made out of precious metal. And, you know, and then now Tudor comes out with a, a BB 58 that's cased in silver and as well as gold. And people are just like, what a dive, a dive, precious metal dive. Well, I mean, granted, Rolex has been doing that, too, but. It's kind of weird, like to your point, Leslie, it's like you said, it's like our perception has kind of changed and we've just been kind of locked in with, it has to be stainless steel, it has to be, you know, this, that, and the third. And and yeah, I think there's a difference between like more purist collectors, because there's different kinds of collectors, right? Uh, Those who will not purchase a... uh, um, inspired, like a new watch that is, is inspired too much of a vintage design. So, you know, they do the, the those reissue uh, watches. They're like, no, I have to have the original because otherwise it's just kind of like, I don't like the modern version of it because, uh, yeah, I want the original. But at the same time, there are those who just simply um, maybe don't overthink it and they just like it. They like the history. They like the watch. They can't really either get the original one because either they don't have the money or simply it's not available and uh, so they're like, well, I want something that look like this. I like it, and I'm just going to be wearing it. So because now I feel like there's just so many, so many people who are into collecting watches. Back then, no one thought about it. So maybe you know we had they were they were collectors, but definitely not to that extent that there is today. And um, everyone has like their own way of seeing this, and so. Uh, and, and deciding what they like. I don't, I don't mind that they do that at all. I don't mind even like, you know, um, when they design a watch that's like, that has a ghost bezel. Uh, yes, originally it's technically a black bezel that's fed it, faded, right? But I don't mind, it looks good. And uh, yeah, you can just pick up an original one or, you know, put your watch uh, with the, uh, you know, you, next to like the, the window and just wait until it fades. You can, you know, kind of like accelerate it and fake it or just buy a brand new one that has that already ghost bezel in some ways. Are you, are you referring to that Oris Diver 65 that <laughs> collaborated with Hodinkee? The watch that Not I Not necessarily, no, <laughs> but I just really like the ghost bezel and I like the, I like the new Tudor. I, I actually saw it in person uh Yesterday and uh, that uh, gray dial um, fifty-eight. It looks really nice. It really does. Very cool. I, I think that it's totally fine, and I think it's great that there are brands out there that are doing things in the precious metal, whether it's silver, whether it's gold. And yes, I mean, a gold 
dive watch, I don't know if you would really go swimming in your gold Rolex sub. I, if I had one, I don't think I would, but why not make it in silver? They're doing it in bronze. That's unique because what happens is that watch that you're going to end up hanging on to for a while, it will change. It will evolve. That will look Mm -hmm. differently. It will patina. And so will that silver. So, I mean, it's kind of like as that patina, there's your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, your journey definitely. that you're traveling. Yeah, I haven't seen the gold Tudor. I don't know. On the pictures, it looks, it looks not really gold. You know, like the gold we see from Rolex or that shiny gold. It looks more like bronze. So it's not as uh, in in your face in some ways. Um, but why not? Why and why not swimming with your gold sub? Uh, yes, I won't do it for sure. But uh, I think it's pretty cool if someone does. No, why not? Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it might attract, yeah. you know, shark because that's like one of the first exactly. lessons that, I was that's told my fear. in yeah. Florida. You don't wear anything silver, shiny in the water, no jewelry, right. no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got a barracuda yeah. chasing you. It's just horrible. <laughs> so, so that's the one thing I actually learned as well is that as I got into surfing is um, you don't want to wear anything too shiny out there. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I've learned that through, uh, through my, uh, my uh, small um, and, and uh, very short Google search. On, uh, on sharks. Uh. Well, the, you know, TC, that's a great segue. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of, you know, some of the, your hobbies and, and, and how that actually correlates with the type of watches you enjoy mm-hmm. in your collection? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as I, uh, as I said um, before, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, you know, I moved to San Diego um, I've been here for a couple of years now and part of, uh, me moving here and embracing the culture out here was to kind of, uh, pick up something, um, that the, uh, that the West coasters do. And, uh, one of those things, and it was something that I've always wanted to learn how to do was to surf. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I've been surfing for a little, a little more than a year and a half now. Um, and, uh, I can say I'm probably average at best, but, uh, you know, the whole point of, um, of, of, of surfing is just getting out there and, and, and enjoying, uh, just being outside yeah. and being out in the ocean. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry. What was your question again? I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about your collection is that the, the watches that you have tend to be Say it. Tool watches. They tend say to be it. robust <laughs> for all you thirsty people out there waiting for me to say the word robust, 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 robust. Yeah. Go Robusty. ahead and take your drink. Um, and so, so I know you end up, you end up uh, really gravitating towards those watches. And, yeah, and for you, sure. You lead a pretty active life too. So I just wanted to kind of see mm-hmm. how those two correlate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, how funny is uh that you know that little that that departure from the seamasters right the vintage seamasters um but yeah uh you know i you know my 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 enthusiasm for watches came first before surfing but uh you know even before surfing i just always gravitated towards uh a uh, a watch that a watch that can you know kind of take on, um, take on a a very active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that, that meant, um, you know, if that's, you know, going hiking or if that's, um, you know, going surfing, uh, and I just, 
you know, for me, I, I just liked, I, I just, there, there was this like romanticism of, of like being out in the water or say being, being in an office, a quote unquote office and, uh, you know, having the same watch and then right after mm-hmm. work, you can just throw on a wetsuit, have the same watch and just jump in the ocean, not really worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those were the types of, I guess watches like I I gravitated towards, um, you know, and that that doesn't mean that you sacrificed like a good a, like a, a nice and like um, unique or classic design. You know, I mm-hmm. still I gravitated towards watches that that have that nice and clean design, um, but also had the specs to kind of be able to 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 kind of. Um, to kind of, I don't, I don't know if, it, if the right word is to kind of like survive. So let's just say they, they had to be robust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll drink to that, my friend. There you I'll go. Yes, that, so. there you definitely. Go. <laughs> and yeah. I know we're definitely not a one watch person, um, but there's something to be said about just having that watch that's like, um, you know, you're not afraid of wearing it. You're not afraid of going on an adventure and you can dress it up if you need to, but it just, it's there. It's like kind of, I don't know, kind of like your friend in a way. Uh, it's um, it's by your side, you know, on your wrist with uh, throughout all your adventures and it becomes a little bit part of you and people, you know, when they think of you and think of watches, generally they tend to think of one and um, it's pretty nice. That's what gets us generally into watches, our father, our grandfather, or like there's like a, you know, person that we admire in some way who's always wearing this watch or wearing several, but there's just that one that you associate with him or with her. And um, although we do have a lot of them and we love them all, there's just, at least for me, there's one in particular that I kind of always gravitates too, and that if I don't know what I'm going to be doing, if I don't know where, or I'll just, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to wear this one, and uh, it'll work, and I don't care if I'm, you know, at the beach, I don't care if I have to put on a suit, um, it just works, so um, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that and that Explorer that you just recently acquired, mm. that definitely is one of those watches, quite flexible, checks a lot of boxes, and you can you can you can James Bond that watch. Right? Yes, actually, you know, like I think it it's the original it, James Bond watch. Like you can fight me on this, I don't care. But this is Ian Fleming's <laughs> watch, so well, Ian, this is the exactly. ori- this is exactly. the original uh, James Bond's watch, definitely. 100%. And now that it go back to like a smaller uh, case size, close to the ten sixteen, yes, um, right. all the way. I actually, I think we should just every one of us should have an explorer and two, <laughs> that one that you beat up so bad that, you know, mm-hmm. has scratches and dance and just looks rugged. And yeah, it went on all the adventures with you. And that other one that's like, kind of like flawless and that you kind of like just look at and drool over in the box. Right. Cause you know, it's right. perfect, but yeah, that's, that's one of those that yeah, I would have. Those. I forget I have the, uh, what's the, I know in sneakers, it's called a uh, one to rock and one to stock. Right. But uh, oh, I, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. And then I did see it. Uh, um, oh, that's really cool. It? Yeah, one to rock and one to stock. They do that in sneakers. But uh, I saw it was Jason Heaton who just recently posted a, 
something on his Instagram and he, he said, uh, one, one for show and one, one to go. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, heard that. One for show, one to go. Yeah. One to go. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, yeah. That's one of those that definitely, uh, I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, if you can just get one, I mean, you're lucky enough already. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, because I don't know. It just looks awesome in like 10 years. You'll be like, well, it went there, it went there. And yeah, it went there as well. And see this dent here? That's how it happened. And I remember it. And I'm going to tell you the story because it's, yeah, we, we do tend to remember stuff like that. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, it, yeah. You know, I got a question for you. So if you had to design a watch, what important elements are a must in that watch? Um, as far as elements, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is definitely um, water resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I just think that uh, kind of kind of like how, how I live and kind of like, uh, you know, how, how, how my lifestyle is. Um, definitely, I'm just always near a body of water. Uh, and no matter if it's, uh, I believe the term is like a, a dressy, a dressy tool watch or a tooly dress watch. It's got to have mm-hmm. that water resistance and, um, so yeah. Speedmaster. <laughs> I know everyone has just no, such yeah. a strong opinion yeah, like about the Speedmaster. <laughs> that's yeah. You, you oh just God. got a lot of, you just, you're getting a lot of clicks there right now. You know, right. people are commenting right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't yeah. know. I found it funny yeah. how everyone's so passionate about, I'm like, just yeah. leave that poor watch alone. I'm sure it's fine if you fall in the water, as long as you don't put, you know, that's right. the pressure, you're good. No, you're totally right about that. You're totally right. Um, but yeah, for you, it's different though. It has to have, yeah. Yeah, it's got to have the water resistance. Um, you know, I'm just looking at some of the watches I have laid out right now, uh, and I could just say a, a legible dial, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, I and then I guess it, it's, however the case has to be designed, and, you know, it's got to accept straps, you know. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, yeah. got to have it, to, you got to have it, um, you know, it's got to be versatile, you know, yeah. throw it on a leather strap, throw it on a NATO. Uh, nice. But yeah, yeah. 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 I think There's the first thing that comes to mind again. is definitely the water. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The first thing that does come to mind is the water resistance. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, the, and that makes sense for your activities. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you're, I, I see you looking at your watches. What are your top three watches in your collection? <laughs> <laughs> Top three. I mean, you knew this was coming. So, (laughs) and this includes we're talking like uh, we're we're talking about um, uh, watches that include like aesthetics, uh, uh, significance. Well, you you can have two top three. I'm gonna make it maybe (laughs) a little broader if that helps. Two top, um, top three, top three that you, you own about? or top three so all, now overall, <laughs> even that so you it's don't a top own. Top six or top three. <laughs> See, this is Leslie's game. All of a sudden, <laughs> six choices now. It's like, hey, you no, started it. You know how it's going to end up. It, it's, it's top three in your collection. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I <laughs> just define that one more time. <laughs> yeah. I, all right. I got you guys. Piece of cake. So, um, uh, top three. Uh, I'm going to have to go uh, and then no. And no, uh, 
Yeah, no particular uh, order. Mm-hmm. Exactly, no particular yeah. order. It's uh, like if I'm you gonna... had five kids and you had to pick the three favorites. We're not going to exactly. make you put them in order, too. It's just you right. only pick three of the right. five kids. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, again, um, so I, I mentioned this uh, before, um, you know, my 36-millimeter uh, uh, Omega Seamaster, a 1970s mm-hmm. Omega Seamaster, um, just because, you know, I, I have some attachment Mm-hmm. to that watch um you know that you know even though it doesn't look like a tool watch i i wore that watch every day of the uh, eight day trip from mm-hmm. uh, new jersey to san diego and man it's just so clean i'm just looking at it right now it's uh it's got the beads of rice uh, bracelet uh the dial is just so clean and i i'd like to think that on my trip uh you know, and all the sun that it got that the dial has just slightly patinaed just a little bit to that light champagne, you know, in oh. certain, certain angles. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with the, uh, 1970s, uh, Seamaster. It's funny because you're looking at it right now. We can we can totally <laughs> yeah. see the love. We're like you're yeah, so in love with yeah, this watch. Yeah. Like this is this is awesome, guys. Yeah. What you can't see is the the enthusiasm and passion that TC has for his watches that he's staring at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you can hear yeah. it, but like we're looking at it, so it's right. It's really yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's kind of like a you know. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but you know, if, if I did speak about my or talk about my kids, that's. <laughs> Yeah. That's and a, if you that's had a, five kids, and if you had five kids, I would not ask you who your top right. three are. That's just mean. It's just right. horrible. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. And then, so the next one, I'd go with uh, uh, my uh, CWC G10. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, again, it's going with the theme of like a, you know, a watch that can just kind of uh, be put through its paces. Uh, this watch, uh, just the history of this watch, and the fact that this watch was a uh, a royal, um, it was a royal military issued watch, um, and it was issued. This one, this one in particular is issued was issued in 1988, which was uh, my birth year, hmm. and okay. uh, I think it's just kind of like, for me, it was my way of kind of like breaking the rules as as to what a birth year watch. It, it can be, you know, or, or typically is, um, you know, and, uh, you know, you don't have to break the bank to get a birth year watch. Uh, so yeah. And again, and also too, and this is, we could totally go way off topic here, but, you know, a, a, a for, for a brand or for, uh, a, um, a sec or third party, uh, site or a watch vendor to say like this watch was, from the ni- 1970, whatever, or 19, you know, it's, you, it never really does match up to that, to that date. But, um, anyways, this watch was, uh, issued in 1988, uh, and, uh, it has it, it engraved in the case back along with the, uh, the Royal, uh, the Royal, um, military, uh, broad arrow and also the, the serial number that says it, uh, that this one was issued to the Royal Navy. So, yeah, and I just have a special connection to this watch, and it's quartz. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a watch that I can just kind of tuck away as a backup mm-hmm. watch uh, when I do travel, or if mm-hmm. I'm just lazy and none of my watches are on time, I could just grab this one and know that, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's spot on. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the beauty, because I've seen you post about that watch, and one of the things I really like about that, not, I mean, like, I like everything that you've said about the history behind it, that it's quartz, and, and it's a military true tool watch. What I'm a sucker for with that is, like, I know that those are tritium hands, and it's a tritium dial, and yeah, what's interesting yeah. to me is, like, when you look at that railroad, the track, the minute sure. track, yeah, and the way that those hands just point—it's so it can be so accurate, right? I mean, like it yeah, points right yeah. to that minute, right? And that's that clarity. That was one of the things that you mentioned. What you would look for in a design of a watch, and it's you know being able to tell the time easily and accurately, and that that watch does it. Yeah, no, you're that's you're totally spot on with that. E, yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you, and um, yeah. And also too, just looking at it right now, it's, it's got fixed spring bars. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you just can only, you know, it, it just takes a NATO, you know, yeah, and it just it. kind of forces you to kind of just, you know, put something, put, put, put something on. But I mean, I think you could still put on like a single pass leather strap on it and kind of dress it mm-hmm. up, but yeah, it kind of just forces you to kind of just throw in a NATO and just go. Mm-hmm. I think that would be so slick if you did a leather NATO on that and watch that right. thing just patina and get all nasty. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> in a good way, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, that would oh, be awesome. for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, I do. I like that timepiece. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and and then again for my third, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. actually wearing it. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the uh, Explorer, uh, the fourteen, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. fourteen two seventy Explorer. I've just been swooning over this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just, I just think if you just line up these three watches, the uh, Seamaster, mm-hmm. the CWC Quartz, and uh, and uh, the Explorer, uh, they're all kind of the same, but kind of different in their own little ways. Um, yeah, I see them as totally different. One yeah. is a date, the other one is Quartz, yeah. the other one is just, I mean, like, there's so many different yeah. nuances yeah. that make it different, but you're right, I mean, they're all 36 millimeter, though. But. And exactly, that's, you know, that maybe that's like... I don't know if that's the theme of my uh, collection, but, you know, I do have 40 and, uh, you know, 40 uh, sure. plus millimeter watches and the Doxa mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and the, you know, a couple of Seikos, but yeah, the foundation for me is at 36. And I just mm-hmm. think it's, it's an ode to, to where, where watches was around the time, you know, mm-hmm. around the 1970s. And, you know, I, I think my, uh, my uh, enthusiasm and my uh, kind of uh, appreciation for what design was about around that time period, it, it kind of just shows through, through the watches that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So TC, I know you're a very avid adventure photographer and you take some amazing shots. I'm, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm a, one of, I'm a, one of your big fans on your Instagram feed. And so I wanted to see like what kind of gear, photography gear, do you use when you're taking these shots? Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I, I really I really do appreciate that, guys. I mean, I I constantly am trying to sharpen the sword when mm-hmm. it comes to uh excuse me, when it comes to uh writing and photography. And um, you know, and for me, I'm just always constantly going to call myself uh an average or amateur photographer so for you to say that and for you guys to say that i I really do appreciate that um well that's what artists do they're just so humble (laughs) and they're never satisfied and they always uh you know look for for more perfection uh so uh, yeah 
Yeah. And um, I guess that's just how that goes, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, I do. I do appreciate that. And um, the kind words there, uh, you know, I, I come from the school of, you know, the best camera is the one that you, that you got, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, so uh, when, when I'm on the trails and, you know, and I just have, um, you know, I don't have my actual camera with me. It's just my iPhone. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we all, you know, we all have that, uh, ability to kind of take photos, um, you know, which I think is, is a beautiful thing, you know, mm-hmm. now, nowadays, yeah. you know, we're, we're all, we're all photographers, I guess, in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to kind of just shooting my watches and, uh, if I, if there's something that I really want to kind of capture, mm-hmm. uh, I am shooting with a Sony, uh, uh, a 6,500. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's got the, uh, uh, I believe it's a Sigma, uh, 2.4 lens. Um, so that one just shoots, uh, as if you're shooting with a fixed 35 millimeter, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a great camera. Um, you know, I, I take it pretty much everywhere I go now. Um, and as far as the other, and I'm trying to look in the back there uh, to see mm-hmm. like what else. Oh yeah. So then I, and I also, I shoot a little bit of film as well. So nice. again, those are more. Oh, I the, love um, shooting film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those really are more for that. the. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I used sure. to have a uh, dark room um, in my awesome. um, bathroom. Yeah, I have a, uh, I haven't done it in a while. I have a uh, Mamiya RB67, so it's like a medium format, I think right. it's called in English. So right. the films are a little bit bigger and mm-hmm. you can make, uh, but yeah, I, I and and I would just, yeah, do it myself. Sure, a yeah. little bit light and uh, that, yeah. It goes with the romanticism of exactly. also um, just you know, way back then when they were starting on, you know, this was like a new medium. They were discovering how to see the world in a different way and they were taking their time. Nothing was rushed. Now we're multitasking and it's great, but I kind of hate that. Um, There's just no appreciating it. You just do it. It's fast. It's done. Bam, bam, bam. Great. I'm, I'm a huge I love list so yes I have like list everywhere for everything and I'm so I feel so like accomplished but what about actually just enjoying the moment uh you know you're in that dark right. room you have that little red light you um yes you have your timer but it's always about um the, that feeling when should I take you know my photo out of like the the I don't know I don't know the English words I'm sorry but you know like the <laughs> liquid right uh, when right, do I take because right. if you leave it too long then it's just too dark if you leave it too you know not long enough then it's too light and you don't see the sharpness you don't see the details but it's really it's sometimes you know not even a second like you just and you have to have that feel and that experience about it but it's it's just I don't know. It's like a hole. It's not just so I I I'm with you with shooting. You know yeah sorry. for sure and I think um. <laughs> You know, you're talking about the whole darkroom process, but, you know, I think even just the actual, um, the actual just shooting, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, and, and, and the moment you're trying to capture, right. Mm-hmm. You only have yeah. 20, 30 some odd shots and you can't yeah. just, it's not like an iPhone or a digital camera where you just snap off 20 and then mm-hmm. choose the one out yeah. of 20. Yeah. And in the world of, um, where we have like a choice paradox, 
uh, and, uh, you know, decision fatigue, you know, where mm-hmm. we're on Netflix trying to figure out like what show to watch before, you know, we spend 30 minutes trying to figure out what we want to watch. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just, you know, just go back to that same old show that we just all good old yeah. faithful, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I think you're totally right, Leslie. I think it's, it's, it's about just being present. Um, you know, and I think that's what shooting with a film camera does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and as far as the camera itself, it's a, a Canonet. Um, uh, I believe it's a quick, I don't know if I'm seeing it here. Oh, so it's a G. Sorry. All right. Yeah. So it's a G, G3 uh, Q, uh, Q17 or QL17. So I think that stands for quick load. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just started. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I will not be uh, developing these on my own. I will just be uh, rolling the film back up and, yeah. <laughs> and having yeah, them developed. Uh, hey, that's fine you know, too. That's so, cool. I never, yeah, like, yeah. so don't yeah, judge me. The, the film. No, no, no. Develop no the film sure. itself. Yeah, exactly. I would not do that because if you don't develop the film itself, like, uh, uh, then everything's ruined. But right. once you have that film, then you can actually, uh, yeah, it's actually super easy. And uh, Oh, I bet. Yeah. I don't know. It's really, really great. And then, like in the movies, right? I mean, you don't hang it uh, on on the film. Um, right. I mean, I guess you, yeah, you could. Um, but you have like, well, everyone has their own way. Right. Uh, but no, it's really great. It's really great, and it's you and your thoughts and your vision, and you don't see colors because it's just there's only that red light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's all about yeah, it's all about the feeling and and you being present in the moment and trying to kind of like figure it out in a way, for kind sure. of like life. So for um, sure. I don't for know. sure. Sorry. I get all excited. No, it's <laughs> I, fine. I had a quick funny story to tell you though, but like recently, okay. So last week, my oldest graduated middle school. Of course she's got a phone and her friends have phones and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. after the ceremony, they're all outside. They're just all taking photos and they're like, a thousand photos go by and they're still there. And I'm like, uh, are we going to wrap this up sometime soon? But they're, it's been like 20 minutes or so. They're still taking yeah. photos. And I looked at one of the parents, friends of ours. And I said, you know, the difference between when we were in middle school and high school, what the difference was we had 24 to 36 shots in that role. That was it. Mm-hmm. There was no right. iPhone when I, you know, when I was going to school and so you're right. I mean, like today with technology and all that stuff, we don't think about that. But it's like when you go back to the old school OG style film, that's that's pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, like, that's, uh, yeah. And and it's really all about appreciating uh, like the, the, the quality and getting that training in some ways. And it goes the same with watches. Uh, and that's why we like. We tend to like uh, watches that, uh, you know, where the brands have put a lot of thoughts in or there's a lot of history or the finishing is absolutely, um, I mean, one of a kind because there's all this past and history and that made it that, yeah, we have the watch today, but it's it's not just like an afterthought. It's not just like, oh, well, let's do this. Let's just, uh, no, it's. We take time, we take pride, and it's it takes decades to gain that experience to be able to polish, uh, you know, watch a certain way. Like, I mean, Grand Seiko, for example, but there's quite a few other um, really high-end watch brands or, or just like the, the thought pro- 
process is different and, and not just like well let's let's do this and just put a funky color there and just call it a day and now it's speaking of experience again we we talked a little bit about you being an avid photographer but mm-hmm. you also enjoy writing yeah. tc mm-hmm. do you mind sharing with our listeners uh an exciting mm-hmm project that you're not not the project not the project right but like you you started becoming a contributor for somebody pretty well known in the watch world mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean uh you know it's it's been a wild ride it's been a wild year uh as far as kind of where um writing has kind of taken me um mm-hmm. again i'm just always gonna say i am average at best uh when it comes to writing um but yeah i started uh again this was just to intersect the world of of watches and surfing and i just kind of saw that that type of that type of photography wasn't getting done and and if that photography wasn't getting done in 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 the in the watch fam then Mm -hmm. you know maybe the writing wasn't done maybe there's something interesting there and so I started to, to kind of take a stab at writing and, uh, you know, and it wasn't just necessarily about surfing and watches. It was more so watches and just getting out there. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I do have a site where all these articles kind of just go and it's called, um, watch dude gone surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think gone surfing that kind of, um, it's it, for me, I just envision someone who has that sign out on their office door or out on their, you know, front door and they're just gone and they're just doing something that they want to do. And in the, in that case, it's gone surfing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think everybody has their own like gone surfing. Everybody has their own thing where they just go and kind of, uh, stay within their thoughts and, uh, you know, um, you know, for, for, it could be cycling, it could be hiking, it could be what have you. Could it be but like anyways, watch shopping too? Um. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, possible. exactly. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. You're right. That's a good point. But yeah, so, uh, you know, I just started, um, you know, kind of uh, building a, a small uh, collection of write-ups and um, yeah, and it was just something that just kind of interested me and it kind of, it kind of, not really forced me, but it kind of gave me a reason to kind of dive more into the history of these watches and, you know, why, why certain watches were designed a certain way. And, um, I, you know, one day I was just going through the feed over at, uh, worn and wound and I, uh, you know, passed by, or I stumbled upon their, uh, uh, their weekend column, uh, called, uh, watches, stories, and gear. And, uh, ironically enough, I had just watched this really cool uh surf documentary that combined everything that i just love in gear and travel and surfing and um i emailed uh blake butner uh shout out blake uh he's just been um just such a solid dude when it when it when it uh when it came to this whole process but um uh yeah i i I shot him an email uh and uh he kind of just liked where that, where, where my mind was at and where, where, and the writing of that just small little nugget for, for that column. And uh, yeah, and it just kind of evolved into something where 
I was able to kind of contribute a little more to the website. And um, yeah, and it, you know, I'm not by all means a full-time writer for War and Wound. You know, I am just a you know part-time contributor, but you know, I I do see a kind of uh, my writing and kind of um, kind of uh, the my involvement in kind of what we're trying to what they're trying to do at the site too. But you know, hopefully at, at some point, kind of uh, when you're progress. Yeah, contributing, yeah, that's, exactly, that's, yeah, you're contributing it, to the yeah. watch world. You're yeah. also like you know, practice makes perfect. So for sure, <laughs> you yeah. are. You know, I mean, your writing is already amazing, but uh, you're gonna like fine-tune your style same thing with photography and they both work together so well uh, yeah. so like seeing your photography we recognize your style but also reading your word we recognize your style so that that just yeah and it's yeah yeah it's a, it's really really great definitely and i appreciate that leslie and um you know and uh i i'm i'm sure um you know like yeah to to your point i do i do kind of uh there's a particular way I like to approach, uh, whether if I'm like shooting a certain watch or, um, if I'm like writing something up, uh, you know, I, I always just, I think just in general, I just always like to include people. Uh, mm -hmm. that's just my thing. Uh, I'm just like really into, uh, uh, the community aspect of things. And even if it has to do with the audience, you know, I think my goal is to kind of include the audience, whether if it's in my photography, it's trying to kind of make the, the, the audience feel that they're there, mm -hmm. that yeah, they're there in the connection. shot. Yeah. yeah. Or if it's or in my writing, you know, I want to paint yeah. a picture there for them and I want them to feel like they're actually there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of hard when you're just writing about a certain, you know, product and uh, you know um, but if there's some context there, then I really think that's where kind of my writing can kind of flourish, but Anyways, uh, to answer your question, yeah. So I've just I've I've recently just uh, kind of signed on to to be a, a contributor to Warren Wound. Um, you know, it's you know thus far it's been amazing. I just never have thought that within this year I'd I'd be able to uh, to to be to have the opportunity opportunity to do something like this. You know, my goal this year was, and I have it written down, was to publish. Uh, an article on a watch nice. on a on a watch website that I like respected. Yeah. And you, you know, Warren Wound, my friend. I know. Yeah, right? yeah. And Warren Wound gave me an opportunity with with the um the, their three for five uh series that they're doing for for all all readers of the site. And um you know I just you know again shout out to 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 Blake Butner and also uh Zach Kazan over at Warren Wound because they've been really instrumental and very um uh, I guess, uh, nurturing in a way of where they've just been able to kind of uh, point me in the right direction and uh, mm -hmm. kind of how to just kind of uh, uh, make my way through what seems to be breaking into this industry. So I'm, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. That's a, so first of all, congratulations. Thank you. I mean, well done on that, but I have read some of the reviews and some of the articles and some of the writings that you've done most of them have been reviews on watches, but you are very descriptive. Like the way you do paint the picture, you are very talented in that. So kudos to you. I, mm -hmm. I, um, again, we'll link all these things up so that people can follow what you're doing as well on Worn and Wound. And, uh, really I wanted to kind of 
segue and talk a little bit about the big project. Right. So this project is hashtag Project Whitney, which is a big thing you're doing next month. And so yes, sir. Yeah. TC, if you don't mind just sharing with our listeners, like what this is all about and you know, what your goals are for this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, yeah. And again, thank you. Thank you for the, the kind words again for, for, uh, you know, and, and the compliments there as far as the writing so goes, welcome. but, um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. thank you. Um, yeah, project Whitney, uh, wow. Where, where do I start? Um, again, this was just a personal project of mine. Um, you know, I, I had, and again, speaking of goals, I'm, I'm very goal oriented, you know, so mm-hmm. in the beginning hey, of the year, great. I have like a list of stuff that I just want to accomplish. And one of the things I wanted to accomplish this year was to, uh, to, to reach a significant peak. Uh, and, um, you know, this year was in the form of, uh, Mount Whitney. Um, so even before this project, uh, was, uh, even thought of like, that was a goal of mine. Um, but yeah, and then I just started kind of getting into um, connecting with the the people in the community, and um, I felt like there was just a lot of things that al- aligned with um, what aligned that 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 could kind of like that can kind of a kind of um, uh, form this project, and yeah, and it was you know I wanted to kind of bring watches, I wanted to kind of bring the watch community together. Um, and I wanted us as a whole, uh, you know, the watch fam and the watch community and also the people within my personal network to kind of just get together to kind of make an impact. Um, you know, I think it's, it's cool. We can all, we can all talk about watches and, uh, you know, talk about like how these objects make us feel, but, you know, I just think that there's, I, I, I think the, the impact that we can make can go beyond, um, beyond the hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's that. That's I guess what what uh, Project Whitney is all about. Um, so, uh, my partners and the people who are um, uh, con- helping uh, that are contributing to this. Uh, so, the one half is Vero, a Vero watch company, mm-hmm. out of uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, they're this killer uh, independent um, uh, brand. Uh, like I said, out of Portland and. They just came out with this like really rad um, dive watch in their uh, open water series. And, uh, you know, I have that watch uh, right now. And that that's the watch that's kind of um, accompanying me on uh, all these uh, sessions, whether if it is surfing or if it is kind of training for Mount Whitney and, and hiking in the, in the hills here in San Diego. Uh, that's kind of been my go-to watch. Um, and they have... Uh, they have been again. They've they've been they've been so supportive and using their platform to kind of get the the word out for this project. Nice. Um, and the other half uh, is uh, a, a global organization called One uh, Percent for the Planet, and uh, this is a, a nonprofit organization who um, was founded by uh, um, Ivan Chouinard. Uh, he is the uh, you know if you don't know him, he's the uh, the founder of Patagonia, uh, and he has, and and one percent for the planet. The organization has uh, partnered up with individuals and um, businesses all over around the world to 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 kind of uh, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? They've they've actually found a way. They've they've found a way where they people uh, have uh, committed. That's the word I'm looking for. Have uh, they've uh, these individuals and um, companies have committed uh, a certain percentage of their profits to go towards one percent for the planet, and uh, this uh, organization then. Um, uses that money and kind of delegates that money and sends that money to all these nonprofit partners that are doing these amazing things all over the globe as far as um, uh, conservation and protecting the environment and uh, taking care of the wildlife and so on and so forth. So I just felt that this this was just an opportunity to kind of uh, use the power of our community to make a positive impact and through um, uh, Vera Watch Company using their platform and 1% for the Planet using their platform. Um, you know, I feel like all these, um, all the support and all the donations that uh, are going towards uh, uh, Project Whitney will be, um, will be going to 1% for the Planet. And I'm sure it's, you know, it, it's going to make an impact either way. I mean, you know, I, I just really think that at the end of the day, if it's not just the awareness aspect, you know, I think it's just, it is the awareness aspect. It's just spreading the word. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's an amazing cause. Mm-hmm. When you and I yeah. spoke about it initially, I was like, man, that we need stuff like that because, you know, this earth is supposed to be here for a while. And so right. if we can go ahead and create causes and have causes like this to go ahead and put money back into making sure that the waters and the land and the forests and all that stuff are being taken care of. That's huge. You know, yeah. what, in, what excited me too, was you talk about your team of, um, explorers. I'm going to use that term, <laughs> but, um, you guys are going up Mount Whitney basically, and you're doing it basically in a day. If I'm not mistaken, right? right? I mean, right. I know yeah, training typi- for this too. If you don't mind, just sharing a little bit about mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the, for sure. Um, yeah, typically, uh, uh, Mount Whitney is one of the popular uh, um, mountains to to quote unquote climb, and I'm using the uh, scare quotes there. Um, you know, it's 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 a hike essentially it's a hike, uh, up to the, uh, the peak and the peak kind of lies at a 14,500 feet, uh, more or less than that. And, um, yeah, I, uh, sorry, what was your question again? (laughs) Uh, no, basically like if you wouldn't mind sharing, uh, about like what those couple of days are going to look like when you go out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to knock it out in one day. Uh, so um, the our plan is to kind of get to the campsite uh, at Mount Whitney at the at their portal there near the trailhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the plan is to kind of get there, uh, acclimatize, um, kind of get used to the elevation there. Uh, and I believe our, our campsite will be at around 7,000 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. and then uh yeah so we'll just kind of uh hang out get used to the elevation and then the following day our plan is to get up close to maybe 2 30 3 a.m and uh and start start the hike yeah that's to, an early morning hike, an early morning yeah so we're we're gonna be uh we're gonna be um uh starting uh in, in the dark in the dark yeah mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and, and, then, how, um, and what's the top 
the top height you guys are shooting for? So, yeah. So the, uh, the peak itself is at, uh, 14,505 feet. Um, yeah. So, uh, there's going to be quite a, an elevation change there, which again, I- I'm sure, you know, people have done it without training, but you know, if, if, if you don't prepare, you know, mm-hmm. and if something does go wrong and you're not prepared to kind of, um, to kind of get yourself out of a hairy situation, uh, you know, then that's what you're, you're putting yourself kind of at risk there. So yeah, yourself and your, you know, partners too. I yeah, mean, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Which I can't stress enough the importance of just kind of, um, just getting, getting our legs under us and my legs under, mm-hmm. under me and just kind of just building up the endurance and well, and, and, and that, and also, I mean, you live in San Diego, you're basically, you're basically at sea level. And so yeah, to go yeah. up 14,500 exactly. feet, your body's going to yeah. acclimate to that. Yeah. Well, I think that's the beauty of living here. Uh, you know, a couple hours removed from the city, you, you can end up in, in, in some, some elevation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other day, um, we did, uh, you know, me, I mean, a couple of buddies, we did a hike again, just strictly for training. It was a short hike, uh, right after work. Um, you know, it, it, you know, from zero to 1500, um, you know, in a span of, uh, an hour, that's, you know, that's, that's a decent elevation gain, uh, gain. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, the plan too leading up to the hike is to try to, uh, attempt something that's kind of close to the elevation that we're going to be at. So, yeah, but for now we're just trying to do as many small hikes as possible. Kind of test out the gear, test out the boots. Uh, you know, uh, making sure that there's no hot zones. As far as like, you know, the last thing you want to do is be worrying about how your feet feel. You know, yeah, you're going to be tired, but you know, if you're on your way up and you're starting to feel the like blisters like forming, that's that's not fun. And then blisters in general, when you're just hanging out at home, aren't fun. Now imagine when you're like coming down a mountain and you still you have... have to come down. It's not just yeah. like going up. It's like right. exactly. exactly. There's no helicopter exactly. that's taking you down. No, there. No, no there's no Uber. <laughs> heli- there's no Uber helicopter uh, out there. So, yeah, uh, that's yeah. funny. No, that that's a pretty wild. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that we'll do is uh, to make sure that we tag a bunch of things. You know, before sure. we before we close out, I've got a couple more questions. I just feel like I've been bombarding please. you with questions. But <laughs> please, I just please feel ask like away. I just feel ask like away. the listeners really. It's a treat to have you on our show, first of all. But I think that you're just an interesting guy. That I think that the listeners, yeah, would enjoy so eclectic. Honestly, yeah, there's totally. just so much. Uh, yeah, and, I, I, and positive energy. I'm, I mean, like you're doing yeah, things you. for good reason. So I mean, it's it's cool. Um, but so it's a two part question. I think about our watch community. The first part is I think about our watch community, and I'm thinking about who influences you. And then secondly, because influence, I think of also a word called legacy, right? What are you wanting to leave behind with, with regards to the watch community? So first part would be like, who influences you? That was my question. Was it? <laughs> See, I just had one. That was it. <laughs> and, I asked, and I asked your question. And Sorry, you Leslie. It, you just took a key. That's how I am. Selfish. Yeah. Very selfish. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hate comments uh, now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so mean to Leslie all the time? Right. Oh, my gosh. That is so Just me. Rude. Just me. Right. No, no. Uh, man, um, 
yeah, legacy. That's that's a very that's a very powerful uh, powerful uh, word. Uh, you know, I just even think outside of just watches in general. Uh, you know, part of me has always thought that I I I've always cared about how people um, looked at me, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just you know if well if, if I you know one if if I'm gone and I just kind of leave this earth, like will people say nice things about me or say that I was a good person? I, I you know I think outside of watches, I think that's that's how I feel. You know, I feel like that's where I kind of like gravitate towards as far as like, you know, quote unquote legacy. But cool. um, as far as watches goes, uh, you know, I, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about a community and, um, and uh, being creative. Um, I think uh, number one, if, if we can kind of just keep that these positive vibes and this, this, this good energy going within our community, then it, it it's, then we can kind of get more enthusiasts. We can kind of get more people into watches and more people into our community. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, even if it has to do with like you guys um, or, uh, you know, having your own podcast and um, these other, uh, other watch enthusiasts starting their own podcasts. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's a rising tide, you know, floats all boats. And uh, if, for mm-hmm. me, that's, yeah. just, that's, that's how I like to kind of carry myself and kind of how I um, kind of want to see the people I care about and the people in the community. I mean, I, I think they, who wants to see someone struggling, right. You know, yeah. so, yeah. and also like, if you have something, you know, negative to say, then don't say it at all. You yes. know? So I just think that, um, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if I can just be a small cog in kind of like where this, uh, community and where this kind of hobby in general hobby in general is going then i'd be so happy to to just to just do that and you know i feel like it's great that you know and now i have the platform you know i have my platform on on instagram and also the platform on worn and wound now if i could just kind of just spread that positive energy then i i just i'd be so happy to do that and i also mm-hmm. by the way i think worn and wound does a great job in doing mm-hmm. that as well. You know, I think their ethos is, uh, is all about inclusivity and, and mm-hmm. also just, just allow, uh, showing people that there, there is an entry point and, right. you know, and, and then there's mm-hmm. a progression from that entry point. And, um, you know, they, they're allowing people to kind of, kind of get into the hobby, uh, um, and in nowadays in, in multiple ways, cause there's just mm-hmm. so many brands out there that you could just start with um but yeah and then as far as uh um creativity goes you know again i you know i i really think that being creative puts it puts me at least in a positive space um you know and whether that's photography whether that's writing whether that's you guys putting a podcast together um and just having this conversation i think that you know that that's kind of what i kind of want to what my impact, mm-hmm. um, that's the type of uh, impact that I want to kind of have is to kind of, um, you know, to, to kind of have people, uh, be creative or to kind of inspire people to be creative mm-hmm. and also, you know, to, to just be a part of community and it doesn't have to be, you know, watches, it could just be anything, you know, it's yeah. just, if you have people that kind of want to see you succeed and want to see you win, then that that that's the type of people and the type of energy you need to surround yourself around yes yeah 
I totally. agree. I love the two quotes you said, uh, rising <laughs> tides, uh, you know, I mean, this one, Raise I mean, ships, it, it, yeah, yeah right. it just hits home. And the other one too, I think it's a quote by uh, Warren Buffett, um, the one, if you don't have anything nice, just don't, don't say anything. Right. Uncle like Warren, that. Uncle Warren always yeah, knows what to but say. But it's so what true. And it's something that, uh, I mean, of course, you surround yourself with the people, you know, y that you want to have, like, the same energy, right? Or, right. Um, but the watch community is, uh, is, is a little better. And we all have, I mean, if you're a collector, you collect so many other things, right? But um, this is what we have all in common. And we might be so diverse in our other hobby hobbies or what, what we do for a living or things like that, right? But... What um, you know brings us together is watches, but it's also that same energy. We're all so positive. I mean, right. you're like a perfect example, obviously. Yeah, there's, there's enough negativity in the world, right? There is. There I really mean, like, is. Why, yeah. why do you want to bring that into you know, our passion, our enthusiastic uh, Yeah, hobby? but it just bleeds right. out on everything else. Yeah, be yeah. positive. See the good side. And just, I mean, life isn't easy, but um, yeah, just... I don't, yeah, negative Nancy, I'm, I'm, I'm all done with that. Um, no. All right. Just because I am like a dog with a bone sometimes, I, um, is That's there fun. anybody, is there anybody out there that, you know, is an influencer to you? Is there anybody out there you look up to in the watch community? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, um, I, you know, I, as far as like people who are influential, I mean, I, 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 I don't think I can answer this question um, properly if I didn't mention the guys over at uh, the Grey NATO. Uh, yeah. You know, I really mm -hmm. think that um, I don't know if they know this, and I'm sure they've inspired a, a bunch of other people to kind of do um, to kind of like uh, to get into watches, and it, and again, it goes more than watches, and it goes into just getting outdoors and uh, you know exploring and getting into to uh, um, any sort of adventure. So yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've listened to my fair share of the gray NATO podcast and it's, mm -hmm. I can't tell you like how many episodes I've listened to, but, uh, yeah. So James Stacy and uh, Jason, he, and, um, you know, I really think they, they both are, um, they're, they speak so eloquently mm -hmm. and I just kind of, uh, I, I do, um, and they write so eloquently as well. And I yeah. do aspire to kind of to, to get on that level one day and, uh, mm -hmm. hopefully I get to, uh, uh, get, uh, get close to the types of adventures that they've been on as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They're, they're, you know, a couple of my favorites as well too, you know, Jason Heaton and James Stacy. I also yeah. think I, and again, I, I totally, um, if, if you, if you guys are listening to this and you guys haven't listened to the gray Nader yet, I mean, definitely like listen to them as well, but, um, but, you know, I just, their journey, you know, mm -hmm. like their journey as far as like uh, breaking into the in industry and just writing about watches. I mean, they were enthusiasts first, and then they found a way to make their enthusiasm their careers. And I think that's so admirable, um, you know, right. and it's, it's, it's really just the, you know, it's like it's really the uh, perfect picture of like where hard work can get you. And if you really just kind of dedicate your time to doing something like, you know, you can definitely make your passion, your, your job, you know, mm -hmm. your work. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Leslie, um, any questions you're in? I know I already 
asked your only question. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love poking you. That's like, yeah, that's, uh, no, I'm good. Uh, Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, TC, do us a favor, please. And we'll link all this stuff anyway, but please tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and how they can get your content. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you guys uh, can find me over at my Instagram page, uh, which is uh, Mr. Thomas Car- Carlo. Uh, that's M-R uh, Thomas Carlo. Um, yeah. And also, you know, if you guys have time or whatever, you know, head on over to the site of Warren and Wound. Uh, hopefully in uh, the coming weeks and months, um, you know, my name will be appearing there more often. Or if you want to just go on their search bar and just type in Thomas Kalara, uh, you can do that too. And kind of check out uh, my unlimited work on, um, on their site. And yeah, and as you know, going back to the page um, on my Instagram page on Mr. Thomas Carlo, uh, please in my bio, there's a uh, link uh, for uh, Project Whitney. Um, and that's to... Um, uh, a direct link to donate to the climb and uh, uh, all proceeds and all donations are going directly to 1% for the planet. Um, you know, I'd be so greatly appreciative of, of, of any type of donation. And uh, if don't, if donating is not your thing, then spread the word, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate that as well. So, uh, you know, I really think that we can all, uh, as a, as a community, as the watch fam, and just, just as the, as a, a human being, you know, I think we, we can, uh, kind of make a difference. Um, and you know, if we can, uh, if we can kind of, uh, throw down some money for an NWA, then, uh, I think we can, uh, throw in a couple bucks for, um, for, uh, making sure our planet is good for us right now and for the future generations. So. Well said, I agree. Yeah, yeah. please. Well, and we'll have these links, um, on the not only Instagram but also on the website. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, man, this has been Perfect. an absolute treat spending some time with you this evening. Thank you, and we really appreciate you being uh, on Bezel Banter's podcast. Yes, thank, thank you, you for very your much time. for that. And hopefully that hopefully we can do this again. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure, we should do a follow up after the climb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Any, any, time you guys want me to come on, it, it would be my pleasure to, um, to, to spend some time and, uh, talk watches and miscellaneous things with you guys. Sounds Wonderful. like a plan. It's always a good Sounds time like a to have you back for sure. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. that. Well, guys, I think this is probably a good place to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with us on bezel banter. Please hit the show notes for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram. Leslie is at ladies wrist and I'm at Ernesto Guapo 72. And you can follow the show at, at Bezel Banter Media for any updates and new episodes. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcast because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again. And we look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you. Thank you.